Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This week on Buckets, Boys, and Blocks, my Baylor Bears are NCAA champions. And we have two members of the team with us to discuss hoops, hair, and so much more. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to Buckets, Boards and Blocks, the NCAA Championship Edition, y'all. I'm Monica McNutt with my co-host, Baylor alum, by... Uh, association and former bricklaying as a former Baylor Bears basketball player. Therefore, by connection, he's also a national champion this week, King McClure. Um, talk about your squad, bro. Welcome, welcome. They better put some respect on our name, especially Stephen A coming out here saying, oh, Gonzaga's going to dominate Baylor. It's not even going to be close. That's the one that really irked you. What'd you say? That's the one that really irked you because he wasn't the only analyst or talking head. Yeah, he that said that. Everybody said every single analyst on, on, on ESPN staff. Might as well just call it like I see it. Every single okay. analyst except myself and Monica. Okay. Yeah. You and I both definitely called it. See the tweet. We can we can put the tweet in the pod if we like. Um, but I will say game day that Monday morning, Jay Will said on Get up. He he said Baylor too. And he said all the reasons that we both have been saying in terms oh, of man. Fine said it too. So Everybody else, put some respect on our name because we did it. First time ever, second school in Texas history to ever do it. That's what we do. Baylor Bears, you make history. And we're starting to turn into a powerhouse. Be on the lookout. We will. We're actually going to become the next Villanova. But to be honest, we didn't beat Villanova the last, what, two years in that's a not, row? That's not the point. You still have to catch up the national championships. I'm Calm down. Saying, all I'm saying is we're going to turn to the next – I said next Villanova, but like a program like Villanova okay. to get the same respect. I'm not mad at that. I mean, you guys have a great athletics. I'm sure the facilities are popping. This was an incredible year. Um, but I do want to get into this. Tell the truth, because I know you were working on game day. And in fact, over the entire Final Four weekend, we got to check you out on SportsCenter. Uh, we hopped on with our girl, uh, Christine, and our guy Fitz on hoop streams or college game day, rather, on the college level. But the way your team won, King, tell mm-hmm. the truth. Did you expect it to be that dominant a performance? Yeah, so I'm not even going to lie to you. I really did. I, I said based off the way that they played against Houston, because people people loved like, disrespect us. Like, after they played the way uh, against Houston, after they dominated Houston, the first thing that everybody said was, oh, Houston's not that good. Houston's so overrated. They're not, they're not talented. Yet they were a top 10 team the whole year. Yet they were a two seed. And I think probably the, yeah, the second two seed. Yeah, the second two seed. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, they're a good team. And Baylor absolutely dominated and made, made them look horrible. 
I said the way that they played defense that night, I was so. Had you asked me this that before that game, I'd have been like, nah, I don't. I, I would have been surprised. But the way that they played against Houston, I knew it was going to translate over. I knew that they really wanted it more than any of the teams because even Gonzaga, Gonzaga didn't want that game. At 11 minutes to go, there was a play where Flothon but dove on the ball head first. There was three Gonzaga players around them. None of them dove on the floor. All three of them bent over, tried to pick the ball up. But Flo was the only one that dove amongst three. However, Gonzaga got the ball back, right? And it was Gonzaga's ball because it, it was a jump ball. But that right there showed me. You got one guy for Baylor diving. You got three people for Gonzaga just bending over, trying to pick the, get, get the ball. That right there was the story of the game. Baylor came out and wanted the game more, and they were hungrier for it. Gonzaga, I guess they just thought they were going to win. Um, my guys wanted it more. You could tell the way they strap up off night. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That man right there is different. But they that's what they do. I do. Jay Butler went crazy too. Super lit, super ecstatic. Baylor Bear, sick him. Okay, so a couple things. Um, the whole weekend, both the men's and women's side, but Baylor in particular, it just reminded me that we don't see elite defenses hardly enough, and therefore we completely undervalue them because the they like as as highly touted as Gonzaga was all season. My favorite tweet that someone sent me was Gonzaga is like that suburb AAU team that just ran up on the dudes from the hood and didn't know what to do because outside of Jalen making plays and he couldn't even do it consistently, but outside of that, them dudes look completely shell shocked and they clearly just weren't prepared for 40 minutes of hell. If I can shout out to Nolan Richardson back in the day, one of the few black head coaches that won an NCAA championship. And my favorite tweet was uh, Baylor plays defense like they're not trying to do shell drill again. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate. Yo, that's so accurate. <laughs> the way um, the boys move is impressive. The way they close out, move, help, it, it's impressive. That arguably, arguably might be one of the greatest defenses ever in college basketball. I, no, I think if Gonzaga was one of the greatest teams of all time, the way all the analysts yeah. were pontificating, then 100%, you got to give Baylor that credit in that, that spot. Another thing that people don't take into consideration, Baylor had probably the hardest route to the, the championship. Because when you look at it, they played Hartford with 16 seed. They don't count. Then second round, they played Wisconsin, who was uh, an eight seed, right? Mm -hmm. Then they go to play Villanova, who's a five seed. Then they play Arkansas, who's a three seed. Then they play uh, um, Houston, who's a two seed. Then they play Gonzaga, who's a one seed. Their road to the, to the championship was not easy by any means. And they dominated every single game. The only game that looked like it was close was Villanova <laughs> in the first half. And after that Villanova game, the second half, it was absolutely un, uh, out of reach. When they turned it on, it was mm -hmm. over. And mm -hmm. Wisconsin had, had a little bit. They kind of get to the game a little bit. But no. They dominated this whole tournament. This might be, you can put this team up for contention of, of one of the greatest teams, I think, top 10 for sure to ever play in college basketball. I think you're, I, I am, I, this is not even recency bias, but in terms of being a total team, both what they were capable of doing offensively, the way they shot the basketball and the way they defended, I don't think that that's a far reach at all. I do want to, I know we've got two really dope guests from the championship team coming up, but earlier this year, we had Jared on the pod, Jared Butler. Obviously, he had a great tournament run. Davion Mitchell, we love his nickname and off night and really hung his hat on being able to defend. Um, but what do you kind of see next for your, your, your brothers as a teammates? Obviously, some of those guys are moving on. Oh, wait, speaking of, 
and you needed to clear the air in terms of some news that was broke this week about Davion? Yeah, I mean, Sham said that Davion was declared for the draft. False, fake news, Davion. I literally FaceTimed him. Actually, it's kind of funny the way this happened. So, <laughs> Obim, one of our other old teammates, we all, we're all in a group chat together, the whole team, and someone like the former players, like me, Jake, Obim, and a few other dudes. And we're all in a group chat. And uh, Obim, because Sham tweeted about Freddie, Freddie Gillespie, uh, just getting a 10-day contract from the Raptors. Then right above it, it was Davion declared for the draft. So he screenshot and was like, congrats, y'all boys. And then Davion season was like, bro, this man is lying. I never talked to this man. I've never, ever said I was declaring. I have not made any decisions. And then we was like, bro, are you serious? And he was like, I'm so serious. He's like, I've never, I don't know who this dude, I never talked to this man at all. Don't know where he's getting this information from. So I personally FaceTimed Davion. I was like, Davion, like, well, he FaceTimed me. He was like, King, say something. And I was like, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're in the media now. Come on. I was like, bro, like, I, I don't want to lie. I mean, this sham. I was like, if I say something and then like, like I, I got kind of nervous. But I was like, you know what? Forget it. It's 2021. I'm here. King McClure is here. If you need me to say something, I got you, bro. So he said, because I don't have a, he said, I don't have a Twitter. So can you say something for me? I said, bro, but I got you, bro. I'll just let me know. Make sure like you haven't said anything. He said, I haven't said nothing. I tweeted it out. Boom. I've had people all day just saying, oh, King McClure. Sources say King McClure said this. King McClure said that. Oh, let me know. Pull up the tweet then. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? People just, I don't know where these dudes get this false, false news from. It's fake news. and But I mean, with that being said, I think that, uh, to our earlier point, Baylor, uh, non-biased. They, and what they did after the 21-day COVID pause, I think people don't people don't understand how hard that really is to take 21 days off from basketball when you actually had dudes on your team who could not play. Um, that's hard to do, and for you to still only lose two games during the season and one was a fluke, you got to be considered one of the top, maybe top five greatest teams of all time. We got to get y'all to this excellent conversation with two of King's former teammates in the pod. But I will say this: I am not one to be wildly impressed with undefeated regular seasons. In fact, I remember when people were saying when Baylor lost to Oklahoma State, I was like, whatever, like this is the regular season. You'd rather do it now than in three weeks when the tournament starts. But all things considered now, knowing that Baylor's going to be the national champion and the way that they dismantled Gonzaga, I do kind of feel like had they not had that hiccup, this is a team that you could have put in that category with that great Indiana team from 76. That was the last time that that was the last team to do it. Now, if they didn't lose that regular season game, I don't know if we get here and we're going to get into that a little bit with the guys, but it really does kind of make you think. For sure. It most definitely does. But let's get into it with the national champions. I want to hear from them. By now, everybody knows the story of how Coach Drew took over the Baylor Bears in 2003 and built it into an NCAA champion. Shout out my Bears. But on that team that won the championship, there are two guys on that squad, Jackson Moffitt and Matthew Meyer, a.k.a. the Mullet Bros, my little bros. And they're here. What's good, guys? What's good, What's King? What's good, son? 
Thanks for having us, man. <laughs> I feel big time being on this thing with you, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I should feel big time being on it with Monica because Monica is the superstar. That's what I meant to say. Uh, yeah. Listen, uh, <laughs> listen. No, neither one of us, King, although he's a Baylor fam, and of course I'm not Baylor fam. Um, you guys are the champs. Y'all are big facts. Facts. The facts, moment. Facts. Matter of fact, I don't even want to go to the yeah. moment the game was final. I want to go to the 9-0 run to open the game. Like, tell me what was going through y'all's head at that point. Uh, well, Davion hit the first shot, I think, and I was like, okay, we're getting to it. <laughs> uh, then it was 9-0, and I was just like, I was like, we might, we might beat them by 40. And then, <laughs> but obviously they made some good. Ones. They're, they're a super good team, so I mean, but yeah, that was that was crazy. I think that a lot of people underestimate how good we are on defense because it messed with them. And you could tell after the first four minutes of the game that they were a little bit shell-shocked. They didn't know what hit them. It's so crazy you said that, though, Jackson, because, like, I literally tweeted this weekend, both on the men's and women's side. One, it shows us how rare it is to see elite defensive teams, especially in y'all's case, that can also score. And then, two, how we just don't appreciate it. I will admit that I have been saying all up into the matchup, I had y'all winning when I filled out my initial bracket because I was like, this team plays defense, and I don't think y'all giving them enough credit on the defensive side. Cap. King, don't Cap. do that. Don't no. show off. Don't show off. <laughs> you only had them winning because of me. You didn't really believe it. <laughs> um, that's not true. Thank you very much. I know you think you carry that much weight in my life, but not actually. I bought in myself. Anyway, talk to our guests. We're not going to argue in front of them. Yo, my question for y'all is, I never won national championship before. So how did it feel when the, the confetti dropped? What was running through both of you guys' head? It was surreal. Like, I looked at Matthew and I was like, hey, man, we just won the national championship. And he was like, wow, you're right. <laughs> we just kind of were looking around. The confetti was coming down. It was unbelievable. It was it was a dream come true. Um, Talk to me about the bubble experience, though, guys, because, like, you guys are our national championship champions in a year that will always have an asterisk for me in a positive way because I can't imagine all the sacrifices you guys made through the regular season and just the bubble experience of March Madness as well. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Like, just sitting in our rooms all day. Like, well, we did have a, the number one seeds got uh, big conference rooms. So we had, like, a giant conference room. We put up a goal post. We put up a cornhole, spike ball. So, and then, like, we were watching the uh, – the other March Madness games in there. So, you know, we, we tried to make it as fun as we could, but um, it's, it was kind of crazy because it's like you just sit in the bubble and it's like, you know, there's a lot of chatter going on about like, you know, like everybody's t like hyping y'all up. But then it didn't really hit me that we like won the national championship until we like pulled up back at the airport and there was like mm -hmm. so many people waiting for us. We get up on stage, they like have some of us talk, like, and then uh, like going to Waco, everybody's just going crazy. So, that, that was when it really hit me because it was like, I know we did something special, but it, it, like you can't really see it until until you see the celebration, you know? Facts. Yeah. Being in the real world was like, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. After seeing the same 30 people for a month, like seeing how much love we got after we returned was it was sweet. Yeah. So on the, on the flip side to Monica's question, she said there's an asterisk in a positive way. There's a lot of people out there who were haters and there's, they put an asterisk in a negative way saying, because of COVID, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. It's the only reason why Baylor wins more won this year. What do you have to say to those people that put a negative asterisk on this year? Um, 
it just doesn't really make any sense. Like we we played all the elite teams. Like we we showed that we were the best team in the country pretty much all season long, and we we uh, even fought back from being out for like 20 plus days. Like uh, you know, the only difference was there wasn't as many fans. But I mean, we were we were winning with fans last year too, the same team basically. So I mean, you know, I I, <laughs> I think those people are just trying to hate. But yeah, know. yeah, I think it, it was crazy when LeBron won and he came out and said this championship is the hardest championship I've ever won. I didn't understand it because like, I didn't really like get what he went through, but now I do like, this was like, it was so hard to be away from your family and friends for 30 days and like winning it just makes it mean all so much more. Mm. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's rewind a little bit to the regular season because to be, to be frank, right. It was you guys, obviously Gonzaga, Michigan, who was that fourth team during the season? Kinda. It was. I heard the three of you guys grouped together a lot. Um, Illinois. But yeah, I get yeah, Illinois. Everybody was super excited about Illinois. Um, and then a lot of it was like you and Gonzaga kind of neck and neck. And then you guys hit your pause. You drop a game coming back after the pause, right? You dropped. Mm-hmm. Y'all lost. Um, I remember saying on various sports shows like I'm not alarmed because it, I don't really trip about teams losing in the regular season. It's an opportunity to make adjustments. Was that regular season loss a big deal for you guys? I mean, up until that point, you had been undefeated. Yeah, no, that was I said that in previous interviews that that Oklahoma State loss was the most important thing for us. Um, I mean, that that prepared us so much because as soon as that happened, it was like, all right, we're not just going to like waltz in and just win a national championship just easily. So practices picked up intensity from from then on and uh that like really got us locked in for the tournament because we realized like there's a lot of good teams out there and you can lose on any given night so mm-hmm. we were locked in from that point definitely all right <laughs> national championship outstanding obviously that's the most important game but is there a tournament game that you think you guys had the most fun in or actually played your best basketball or is it the only is it the national championship game I mean, I think the national championship game was the best for sure. Because yeah. it was just, there's so much hype. It was the perfect scenario. Yeah. Number one and number two in the regular season, you know, meeting the championship. And I feel like we didn't get enough love as we should have. So just go out there and kick their butt was like the best. It couldn't have been better. Yeah. Literally from tip to the final horn went off. It wasn't <laughs> a contest. <laughs> I mean, Jackson, you just talked about how y'all didn't get the love that y'all deserved. I mean, how much did that, motivate y'all because going into that game everybody talked about oh Gonzaga might be one of the greatest teams ever they're undefeated they're going to go through the season undefeated people like Stephen A saying it's not going to even going to be close did did y'all pay attention and if y'all did how much did that you know give y'all the extra motivation to go out there and play as hard as you did I think that it's just like the whole the whole uh, tournament for us was a testament to how good the Big 12 is because no matter who we played like we were prepared for it and I think that that's underestimated like we went we went 13 and 1 in in the best conference in the country and like the only game we lost in the regular season was right after our you know we got back from pausing and so like no matter who we played in the tournament we had seen something similar and, like, Gonzaga was definitely the best offense we played against, but, like, we were the best defense in the country, and, like, we all knew we could handle it. And I think we were motivated to prove that, like, we're the best team. You know what I mean? Like, you can't keep talking about these guys. Talk about us. Like, we're the best team. We're different. So. I just love this. Like, I feel like I was with y'all. I want, I want, Matt, I want, I want Matt to answer, too. Don't think you're going to just skate by. Matt, what's the answer? Uh, can you repeat the question, please? 
Never mind. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to piggyback off of that, though, a little bit, guys, because on, what's today, Wednesday? I think a little bit Tuesday afternoon, one of the stories on Twitter, and I didn't actually read the whole story, but the headline was that Coach Drew showed you guys a bunch of clips of everybody saying Gonzaga was that team or whatever. Like, yeah. was that a in-the-bubble thing? Take me through that story. Well, King knows that. Uh, Coach Drew would always, like, you know, before a game, he would always find something that, like, an interview that somebody else said something, like, bad about us or, like, just, like, uh, some fuel to the fire stuff. Coach Drew loves that type of stuff. And uh, we had a ton of that for Gonzaga because, I mean, it's been all year. Like, nobody thought we were better than them. And, uh, you know, some people probably still don't think we're better than them. They'd, they'd probably say, like, we would lose in a seven-game series or something like that. But, yeah, probably not. But <laughs> How can you like, say that? The way y'all dismantled. Although I have heard the argument that they were emotionally drained and hung over from the UCLA. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. people say that. That's stupid. I don't want to hear that. Ain't no way you get emotionally that, drained in a national championship that's game. That's part of the yeah. tournament, no. though. You got to handle yeah. your business two nights before because you got to play in two nights. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. part of it. We, we handled our business against Houston. You know what I mean? So, yeah. No, I, I agree with you, Jackson, and I think your point about the Big 12 was my argument, too. Like, that, y'all could have been in an overtime Big 12 game, right? And then you had to come back and battle another Big 12 opponent. I, I long said that their conference didn't do them any favors. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Nah, well, man, I was kind of impressed with you this, this year, for sure, because it seemed like this the first year. Like, you know, I always told you, you everybody knows you're talented. Like, you're one of the most talented players I ever played with. But it's like the light switch probably, like, turned on for you what like how did that come about you know because freshman year you were still just talented but now it's like you're, you're I saw you for perfect example you hit a one more pass you up you pump fake step back and you were about to shoot the three but you saw I think it was Jared Amacio for the one more kicked it to the one more pass that play you wouldn't have made your freshman year what allowed you to be able to you know make those mature plays and have the light switch turn on for you well, there was a um, a confrontation between me and Coach Tang right before the Kansas, uh, Kansas State game at their place, and that was really bad. Like, we got up in each other's faces. We almost fought, and like, in front of the whole practice. Like, it was really bad. And then uh, after that, uh, Coach Drew and the whole coaching staff, except for Coach Tang, all sat down with me <laughs> and uh, just, like, just, like, had a real talk with me, and it was, like – it wasn't like um, them trying to be coaches and I'm like the the player, like they were just being real with me and they were like, man, this is ridiculous. Like you can't be doing this. And and from that point forward, I feel like I was just a lot more just just trying to be about the team, stop making it about myself as much. And and from that point forward, I was working as hard as I could. I uh, didn't really have more many more gloves in practice. Like it was just uh, all about the team. And I think that was that was the moment where it really switched for me. Yo, Monica, Matt used to be that guy in practice. That like he would say publicly what everybody else was thinking internally, <laughs> and those things that you just shouldn't say. Matt would always say those things out loud. <laughs> like, you know, like yes, we agree with you, bro. But like, it's a time and a place. Stop saying that. This drill is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? <laughs> this, this drill is dumb, Coach. This is stupid. This is not gonna get us better. What are we doing? <laughs> I love that keeping keeping the coaches sharp. I love it. It was bad. Don't don't encourage yeah. that. <laughs> you come a long way. Yeah. Now he yeah. really has the peripheral. Like you, you really have, and I'm I'm super proud of you, man. Because like compared to your freshman year and now, yeah. then what you're gonna do next year? Yeah. Like, bro, I'm super proud of you. Super super proud of the way that you developed. But yeah, look, we man. gotta ask. 
where in the world did this mullet bros come from and why? Um, we got to tell this story. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Actually, I want you to tell this story. All right. So, so like, let's go back to quarantine because that's where it all began. I, I didn't get a haircut the whole time. And uh, my girlfriend, Emily, was like, it, like, I don't know why she wanted me to do this. She's like, it would be hilarious if you cut your hair into a mullet for this basketball season. And I was kind of like, you think? Like, you think people would like that? So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I did it. And then when I went back to campus for practice, everyone, well, 95% of people loved it. And then 5% of people hated it, but the 95% that loved it kind of like kept me going. So anyway, <laughs> we start the season, I have a mullet. We're, we're sitting around in the, in the hotel room in Austin before we played UT. And me and Matt were just, we always would uh, talk before away games like the night before. And we were just sitting there and we kind of looked at each other and I was like, dude, let's be honest, what's keeping you from getting a mullet? And, and then what'd you say? You were like, I mean, I was saying, I, I was like, dang, I really need a haircut. And he, and he was like, bro, why don't you just get a mullet? And I was like, Jackson, you know, like, I would never do that. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, he was like, bro, okay, just do this. He was like, just move your hair back right here and just see how it looks. And I did, and I was like, I mean, it doesn't look terrible. I was like, you have and good then, ears. And that kind of what sold it. <laughs> <laughs> just put a few compliments on it, made me feel good. Good ears. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we started talking about it was like all right what if you get a mullet bro like what, what's gonna happen i was like dang like i've become like an immediate fan favorite like i like um like we go into march madness like let's say like we go crazy like we win the national championship like i have a couple good performances like i'm gonna hit 10k on instagram like i'm everything's gonna go crazy and literally every single thing that we said happened but that including the 10k on instagram i just hit 10k the other day it's like the best part that moment <laughs> prophesied the rest of the season everything that we yeah. talked about came true it was awesome yeah it was awesome yeah. all right so we got to see the gear please show off the shirt it's a brand now yes yeah you know Little mullet bros t-shirt. Wow. Okay. Bro, that is so fire. Listen, next time I come to Waco, can I please get a shirt? Yeah, man. Of course. Of course. Come on, man. And like, okay, so so we okay. had we had designs in our hair and they grew out, but Matt had a lightning bolt and I had two lines. And so Emily put that yeah. in there in our logo. This is supposed to be a lightning bolt, but we don't have barbers, so it turned out <laughs> real ugly. Okay, so the everything the the prophecy has come to pass from this mullet is where does it go from here like are y'all rolling mullets all the way through 2021 and to be determined like I mean, what's next the question i keep asking myself is how can we cut them now <laughs> like like you know like, i feel like i feel like it would this just disappoint brand. so many people the amount of messages that we've gotten from baylor fans or just random people that cut their hair into mullets is ridiculous yeah. like Probably a thousand people have a mullet now because of me and Matthew. And it's that's more hilarious. Than <laughs> I mean, that's nothing new under the sun. Like all of our old school styles seem to be coming back. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, do, you, do you think I could put out the mullet or no? It'd be more I of think a, you could. I, I tried to, we tried to get Jared to do it all year. Yeah. He never, he never gave in, but we tried. Yeah. <laughs> but ain't no way I'm saying Jared Butler pull off a, a, a mullet. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have the right swag for it. It takes a different kind of swag. Yeah, you got to have a different kind of swag. <laughs> that is hilarious, y'all. Oh, my God. I guess going into next year, if the NCAA passes the whole you can make money off your name, image, and likeness, how big do you think this will be? We're taking it to the moon, baby. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm thinking, like, dang, like, the amount of people that asked us, like, for Mullet Bros t-shirts, just in, like, the little vids we did on TikTok, we can't do it because NCAA, but you know, like, 
Um, we're we're ready. Yeah, we're like, ready. It's just, just it's just the beginning. Once the floodgates open, they they're opening for sure. Yeah. I love it because I, I do too. Y'all are gonna make a ton of money, and you know what? I'm gonna support y'all 110. <laughs> percent Appreciate it. I'm rocking with the Bros. I'm gonna have the t-shirts. I'm rocking with y'all 110. percent I don't know family name. discount. Yeah, only a hundred dollars for your t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought Hold on, wait a second, Jack. Monica, hey, you like, gonna rock with like the Mullet Bros? Baller, right? Sure. You the Mullet Bros, bro. It's gonna cost you. If, if you can't afford it, you it's ain't a big baller. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look. Okay, wait. No, speaking of the family discount, all that good stuff, we've gotten King's stories about you, Matt, uh, back in the day when you guys were teammates. What stories do you guys have to share about King? Because he swear, he all listened, all that, and was the best offender, and wah, wah, wah. We got to, like, make sure we... <laughs> I don't know what's, I don't know what's fair game yeah, there. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, are, are, like, kids watching this? Like... <laughs> Can I interject something here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give us your best stuff. If it's really bad, we'll edit it out. But if it's okay. really funny, okay, we'll keep bad, it in. Bad, so bad. don't worry, Ace. It's not live. Back to your <laughs> okay, regularly scheduled show. King, aren't you glad you invited these guys on? <laughs> um, it's all safe. Don't worry. All the, yeah. all, don't Sorry, worry. I was don't just trying to, was trying, it's all good. I was trying to reach deep in my bag and get the best one. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I love it. Okay. You know, guys, in one of King's questions, or no, I think Jackson, you might have said it. You talked about last year. Obviously, we didn't have a tournament as we all entered this whole new world that we weren't accustomed to. And then this year, were you guys motivated by missing out last year in terms of getting it done this year? Was that a big deal or is it just the opportunity that was in front of you? Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like definitely we were looking around like, man, we really missed out. Let's go, let's go win it this year. And like, we knew we had every, most people coming back, we missed. We definitely miss Freddie, Devontae, and Obim being on the team this year. But, like, we were looking around, like, we can make a run. We can do this again. Like, even though it was taken away from us last year, like, we can go win it this year. I love that. I love that for sure. Is there a moment? I mean, obviously, the Oklahoma State game was important in terms of the arc of the entire story. But, like, as you're going undefeated, are y'all, like, we're here? I mean, just – I. I always say that teams know internally what they're on the brink of before the rest of the world catches up. But as you guys are, were you, did you exceed your own expectations in terms of the regular season part? Maybe not the NCAA tournament part. Um, I don't know. I, I'd say we were, we were pretty prepared to, to win a lot of games. I mean, uh, we knew everybody was coming back and we were the number one team in the country for, uh, uh, well, at least number two for a long time. And um, everybody was coming back and we saw how hard everybody worked. Like I worked super hard. Um, and one through, not, I mean, every, every single person on the team was working their, their ass off. And uh, am I allowed to say that? Yes, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, and, and we could see how much better Davion got in particular. I mean, Davion stepped his game up like crazy. And, you know, I mean, I think he'll, he'll be a top 10 pick this year, hopefully. And, I mean, just seeing, like, how hard he worked and then where he's gotten because of that, it's really, like, I mean, that, that like, that gets me excited for next year. Like, assuming I come back, like, that, you know, something like that can happen for sure. Okay, so somebody tell me how he got his nickname. Like, I love it in the whole story, and I, like, it was a great little point for me on Around the Horn the other day, but who came up with that? Was it was it P. Wavy? Um, I just remember everybody kept 
like saying, oh, I had an off night, oh, I have an off night, but like, right, like in the interviews, that and like, I was like, dang, if everybody's having an off night, then. Because we played Arizona with Nico Mannion, and uh, Nico had an off night. I think that was when it was like, well, he played against like off night, like Davion is the off night, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's the best, like, that's easily top five sports nicknames. That's I love that. So, hey, how, how do you bounce back from a national championship? Like, what mm. are you looking forward to next year? What are you expecting next year? We, should we be expecting a repeat or what? I mean, we got a bunch of good guys coming back. You know, uh, me, Adam, John, Flo, um, LJ. Uh, I mean, we have we have so many guys and we got a lot of good recruits coming in. I think if uh, if we work as hard as we did this offseason and everybody improves how we did this year, I mean, I don't see why we, I mean, our goal is obviously to repeat. And I, I think we'll definitely be a top team in the country all season. That's that's my goal for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, you, do you think that you need a point guard? A point guard? We got one. LJ Cryer? Who's the backup point guard? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Loco, Jackson, let's go. <laughs> so, so actually a friend of mine asked me this the other day. Um, and she was like, how much do you think the lack of crowds or whatever played into the tournament, whether it be negative or positive. Like once games started for March Madness, did you guys miss that? Because y'all had some fans at Baylor this year, right? A few. Yeah. yeah. So what was that like? I mean, y'all don't play in empty gyms. When was the last time y'all played in an empty gym when you were like in kindergarten? Like that's not a thing. Yeah. Hey, you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. I think that it played. I think that it played to our strengths in a way because we are so tightly knit. That, like we didn't need the crowd like we could get each other going like we could love on each other encourage each other and we that's like playing for each other was all we needed I think some teams you know need that uh crowd noise the extra adrenaline to get to get locked in but we we don't need it we had all we needed was was the guy next to us mm. so this that. whole this whole mantra that you put on Instagram Twitter joy I think it started my my senior year am I right Mm -hmm. yeah. Who who started that? Pastor Brewer? I, I feel like Coach, Coach Drew, Drew was the first one to say it. Yeah. I remember, Pat, you remember Pastor Brewer would be in, a, in, in the, the chapel sessions and he'd write out Joy on the board. Oh. Was that Joy? What was another word? Am I tripping? Anyways, I, I think I'm tripping. I don't remember. So, listen, that was a long time ago. So, <laughs> who who basically started and what does it mean to both of you guys? as far as that yeah. word um it it's really i think it's really special because i think that like when we're playing basketball we should be playing for jesus and and for what he did for us and representing like who he was out there so i think for like a national championship team to have joy have jesus at the front of everything that we did this year was really special and then just the o and the y like just putting your teammates and everyone around you before yourself like if you have a group of people who are trying to put everyone around them before themselves, like you're going to do something special. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, just it, like, there's a lot of pressure on basketball players, you know, like, uh, well, just athletes in general. And it's just, um, it, it's, it's really hard sometimes because you're here from the outside world. You got to get all these points. You got to do all this. You got to make it to the league. You got to do this and that. But like, uh, it just takes like the pressure off you. It takes the focus off you. It puts it, it you know, uh, allows you to focus on like the better things which is like you know what Jesus did for us and then like it helps us to focus on helping our teammates and if we do that then I mean that's the formula to winning so mm -hmm. worked out for us love that love that that's awesome guys it was such a run what are you looking at King you 
Oh, are you? <laughs> Looks like you're not like looking at us. All right, fellas. Well, congratulations. I mean, once you got out of the bubble, like what was the best part besides the fans like waiting for you at the at the airport? Is there are y'all gonna have like a parade? Like, how does that go? Yeah, next Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday the 13th. We have why, we're having a parade. Why are we waiting until Tuesday to do this? I'm not sure. Yeah. They should have done this on like Saturday where everybody can just pull up and yeah, just have a little fun. I know. <laughs> I'm so weird. excited for you guys. Yeah, is it's there, been awesome. Was there, is there any particular moment where you said Matt turned to you, Jackson, and said, we just won? Um, but once, like, is there anything that you'll never, ever forget, in, like a detail from once the confetti started falling and you guys were champs? Hmm. Man, that's a great question, actually. Were your parents there? Did y'all's parents get to be in the stands? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I was sent by Miss Meyer. Really? Yeah, I was right there. I think, well, I think something that was really cool for me is when we all went and jumped on the table and like we just like saw all the fans, everybody was cheering. I'll, I'll never forget that. Just like like Baylor University just won the national championship. Like that's just crazy. That's so awesome, y'all. You got one, Matt? I don't have one. The whole experience is just crazy. I mean. The whole the whole after celebration that was so awesome. So being on this podcast, number one thing. <laughs> Look, before we close out, I got to tell my best Matt Meyer story, man. Oh gosh, is this gonna be edited or is this, uh, this, this is a hundred percent clean, hundred percent clean. This, <laughs> this is just Matt. This, this let you know how Matt is. Okay, so we're at Iowa State, right? We're getting on the bus, about to go on the bus. It is probably maybe five degrees outside. Nothing but snow piled around. I'm on the bus. I look to my right and I see Matt Meyer shirtless walking outside, laying in the snow. <laughs> if you got it, you got a flaunt, King. I mean, <laughs> no, but like <laughs> that was that was one of the first times seeing snow. That was freshman year. That was my freshman year, right? Yeah, that was your freshman year. Yeah. Yeah, like. Like I've lived in Texas my whole life. That was a, one of my first times where it was snowing and I'm in the snow and I'm just like, this is awesome. Like, I gotta why, this. why shirtless though, Matt? Snow is cold. They didn't I tell you to that? embrace it. Like I needed to like be in the moment. You were about to embrace pneumonia. That was, <laughs> <laughs> I have one more question for you guys because not only was this year, did you play in a little bit? Not only this year, did you play in a pandemic, but this summer, where were a lot of conversations had across sports after the murder of George Floyd. Um, and, you know, we saw lots of videos from different conferences and different schools. But what was that like for you guys in your locker room? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, um, it was it was really cool to have, have conver real conversations with people. I remember the first night that I came back, me and Jared talked for two hours just about that. And um, it, was, it was just, I, I really enjoyed getting to listen to what Jared had to say and learning from that. It's, I think that, you know, that experience really brought our team closer, which I'm thankful for. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. Very good. Very good. I expected such an answer. That's that's good stuff, though, y'all. Okay. So here we go. Um, we end this pod with the bucket, board, and block question. A bucket, give me more of these, like all the buckets. The board didn't look so great at first, but has some silver lining, like a rebound. The block is get this out of here. So when you guys look back at the 2020-21 season, the national championship season for the Baylor Bears, 
pick one, either a bucket, a board, or a block that stands out to you. And we're taking winning it all off the table, of course. Okay. All right. So do you have which one? Bucket, board, or block? I got a block, and that is having 25% capacity for fans. Uh, we need the, the fans there. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know? Like, it just makes the environment so much better. It's like the whole college experience. It's, it's uh, I mean, it's something we missed out on this year. And even though we performed at a high level with, with 25%, I mean, we need it back. Like, that's what we play for. That's a good one. What you got? Um, can a bucket be an actual bucket that I remember? Give it to us. This this your world. You're the champ. When did you when did you like dunk on the whole team? When did you get that put back and you dunked on the whole team? What game was that? Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Matt got a Matt got a put back dunk and he dunked on like two people and I and I oh, was against Auburn. Yeah. yeah, and I was under the basket because like the benches were essentially just under the basket and so I was like right there and I was just like wow that was. Awesome. That was tough. Yeah, I was like that. Like, I live with him. Like that's my like that's my best friend. <laughs> wow, but those it, are both awesome. For sure, but now nah, I appreciate y'all for being on the show, gracing us with your presence. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you. Thanks guys. for having us, man. It was, a blast. It was fun. It was this was great. That was dope. Oh, time for our favorite segment. Who's tripping? And this week, I don't think that we've had a more perfect candidate for who's tripping. Matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. and the 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 the, the orange man. Uh, that's that's also former. Former. <laughs> former. But I don't think we had a other than him a more perfect candidate for who's tripping. Let let let's break it down. Oh my goodness, the Celtic legend, three four, aka the truth. <laughs> and the truth came out, people, was on Instagram, <laughs> Instagram Live. Smoking a blunt, had getting massages from three half-naked women. Half? Oh, oh full naked women. My bad. Not full, but more than half. Naked. Okay, 75% naked women. <laughs> Giving him massages on Instagram Live like the whole world couldn't see. Monica, what was this man, Paul Pierce, thinking? Um, you know, when things like this happen, King, my favorite part are the comments and the reactions. And immediately, when the video started circulating, it was in one of my group chats. Uh, Justin sent it to me, and another like, and then you click on it in the comments, and I just loved how many people were like, "We'll see him on the jump on Tuesday." Like Rachel Nichols, get your man, like. I was cracking up, um, but I don't, you know, it's fine. You're, you're an NBA player, you're a man, you're grown, nothing illegal was happening as far as we could tell, but some things are just not made for Instagram Live, just not, unless you're like a rapper, unless you're a thing. Bruh, there's no way, like, I feel like when people do things like this, like if you're a rapper, you can get away with this, but you work for Disney, bro. Yeah, a kid-friendly company. And you're going to come out here with some naked women and a blunt in your hand. High as a kite, probably. Drunk as all get out. He probably crossed, cross-faded. And you're going to be out here 
recording yourself on Instagram Live and you're married. That's a whole nother subject. Now I don't even want to get He is? Because I was trying to figure that out. I was like, yeah, I heard he was married. That and then I think he got some kids too. Like, I don't, oh my goodness, if my daughter was to see me on Instagram Live with a blunt and some naked women on and my wife. That right there, dude is tripping on a whole nother level. Then his response was just on what he said. He 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 responded, he made a video and he was just like, ha ha ha. And that was it. Okay, so the, the one caveat that I will say, again, assuming that the video that we saw is the extent of it, you know, his wife, he and his wife might frequent strip, strip clubs. Like, that might be a thing that they share mutually. Um, so I don't want to get into the weeds on his personal part, but all, we also bear in mind, nothing, I'm not a person who believes in things just being random. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris Paul. Paul Pierce is still going to get plenty of opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe he's teasing us and going into a different line of work. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope. Hey, only line of work I can see based off what he uh, was doing was A, marijuana company, B, own a strip club. Okay. C, the online um, adult film industry. <laughs> tell me or not, would you go to a strip club called The Truth? Just tell me, riddle me back. To be honest, he'd probably have every NBA player in there and probably the baddest women working at the strip club. So if that's what he wants to do, if he wants to, if he's tired of ESPN, look, he could have went out another way. He could have just went out and said, I do not want to, to do this anymore. Like just formal letter, real professional. But I guess that's another way to get out the business if he wants to cross over. Each to his own. Well, this story is still being written. That's all I say. It was wild, though. The truth came out. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but Paul Pierce this week. You're tripping. <laughs> all right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Time to wrap this thing up. It's been an excellent pod. Thanks to our terrific guests, the Mullet Bros. Look for their merchandise once the NIL gets passed. Definitely cop that. Uh, The Mullet Bros of Baylor University, Matthew Mayer and Jackson Moffitt. They were fantastic. Their hair is fantastic and they're NCAA champs. Thanks also to our producer, Bruce Bernstein, who we put to work on this particular episode of the pod and our editor, Kristen Woolley. Kristen, you are such a saint. We love you. Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Mike Wise is each Monday, Full Court on Tuesday, Catch and Shoot 2.0 on Wednesday, us, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks on Thursdays, and the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday. All right, everybody, this is the year, the year that we finally put an end to this pandemic because I am tired of living in the pandemic, y'all. But we are not there yet. So do what you can to protect yourself and others, aka wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance while also being considerate for everybody. If you see a nurse or a doctor, please thank you because the frontline workers are the real heroes. Congratulations to my championship brothers and myself. <laughs> from the Baylor Bears. Of course you insert yourself. <laughs> I won that championship too. Thank okay, you fair enough. Continue. Look, it's okay. And Coach Scott Drew, one of the greatest humans on this earth, lay a coach, 
the Bears left no doubt at all <laughs> as to who the best team was in college basketball. All that fake Gonzaga news. So I got to text my Gonzaga people today, matter of fact. This closing is very personal today, but continue. <laughs> it's all good. So until we meet again, Monica. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.